every American citizen must have an equal right to vote. The administration of elections is primarily a state and local responsibility. Whether you voted for the very first time or waited in line for a very long time, by the way, we have to fix that. Hi, welcome to another episode of High Turnout Wide Margins. I suspect you're used to hearing from Brianna Lennon, County Clerk of Boone County, Missouri, and Eric Fay, Director of Elections of St. Louis County, Missouri. Well, today we're doing something different. This is Ben Hovlin, Commissioner at the U.S. Election Assistance Commission, and in honor of High Turnout Wide Margins' 50th episode, can you believe it? 50. We are actually turning the tables today and interviewing the regular hosts, founders, creators of High Turnout Wide Margins, Brianna Lennon and Eric Fay. So welcome to the show, guys. Just to start off, you know, first, congratulations on 50 episodes. Uh, it's a pretty awesome accomplishment. Honestly, when this started, did you think you'd make it to 50 episodes? I mean, my personal goal was to have at least 52 episodes because I thought it would be interesting to have one per week. And we started out kind of strong with two per week. I wouldn't say we ran out of steam, but I would say maybe we overshot a little bit by trying to do two a week. You know, well before the end of the year, we're going to be able to hit that 52. Can't stop now. Exactly. Eric, is this what you signed up for? Well, just in life, uh, in general, professional, personal, I never set goals. I never make expectations. So I had no expectation of what was going to happen, but it's been a lot of fun. And uh, I think, you know, Brianna kind of mentioned this at the beginning, as long as we keep finding it interesting, as long as we're learning from it, I think we'll try to keep doing it. You know, in your first episode, you introduced us to high turnout, wide margins, uh, noting that you were missing those conversations in the hallway at conferences or the ability to copy and steal good ideas from your colleagues around the country. Uh, you've had so many good guests uh, so far. What are some of your favorite things that you've learned about during the podcast? I have two main takeaways, and it really crystallized for me when Brianna and I went and uh, talked to the uh, Auditors Association in Iowa, and in Iowa, the auditors run elections, and we gave a little presentation to them, and Brianna had excised a lot of audio clips from our episodes, and so there were two that really stuck with me. One was the county clerk from Jefferson County, Colorado, when we interviewed him. At the end, he kind of mentioned that uh, election officials are doers, and you know a lot of other people are, are not, <laughs> and that really stuck with me, and I think that's true, and I've repeated that a number of times, that we do it every day, and we have to get it done. I think Matt Masterson said once in a, some panel discussion he was on that in elections, there's no scrubbing the lunch. So uh, that really stuck with me. And the other one was Pam Fessler from retired NPR reporter and how she really emphasized that in this current environment, election officials really have to do a better job of being advocates for themselves and about themselves, about what they do. That hit home because I probably haven't done a great job of that myself. And uh, that's something we'll try to do better with in our office. What has been interesting for me is in the process of putting together the episodes, when I'm going through and editing them, I listen to them again after we've recorded them. And I 
get something new out of it every time. There's always, even though we're asking the questions at the time, there's always new things that come out when I'm listening back that I forgot that we talked about. And for me, it's really been the consistency across people that we've been talking to. The theme is still, how are we going to make things better? How are we going to do things to help voters? And how are we going to combat this, this sea change that's been happening? And even though we started making these episodes in January of this year, those themes still resonate through, even though so much has changed in the nine months following that. I don't know that I have a specific episode that I have liked the most. I think that there's a lot of different lessons that every single one of them can have. Personally, I like learning about how Pennsylvania's elections are run and getting to know folks that you see in the newspaper that are experiencing elections in a completely different way because of the structure of their state. I think it's really interesting to see, even though everything is so decentralized, we all have a lot of very common values about the way elections should be run. Yeah, I always think one of the coolest things about sort of my job or, or still I have that, that Missouri reference, everything runs through my memory of, of Missouri elections, but to ha- see how people do it and see those commonalities, see those differences around the country and just think about like, why is that different? Or is there some of that that would be useful here or make sense? Uh, I know the show has some real fans, uh, myself included, but what's the response been like? I feel so self-deprecating every time somebody asks that question because it still is, I mean, it's, I still don't know why people listen to the show because obviously I like the show. I, I wouldn't ask people questions and ask them to be on the show if I didn't think that it was a valuable thing. But it's funny. I absolutely love the Twitter response to stuff. And the people that I never would have expected to have any kind of interest in the subject that just get so excited, whether they are just like podcast fans in general that think, oh, I've just never listened to an election podcast. And that sounds like an interesting thing to do. Or they're really into elections. And this is just a new way for them to geek out even more about elections. And then in some cases, I think we have accomplished the original goal of creating the community, you know, that we didn't get to have during the pandemic. And we've been able to bring people together into these conversations that we've missed having over the last year and a half. And so it's, it's nice to listen to like old friends. And a lot of people I think are doing that where, you know, they haven't seen somebody in a while and then they get to hear their interview and, and that's kind of fun for them. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of, of getting together at those conferences, and I know you all were uh, recently at the election center national conference did hosting this podcast change the nature of some of your conversations there? Did you enjoy any level of celebrity? Did anyone ask you to sign an absentee ballot envelope? <laughs> in a small way, it is a little bit like a, a geek celebrity um, in a very small way. There, there were several people that I encountered at the conference. Same at IGO. I went to IGO earlier this summer. And, um, you know, we'd be talking. They're like, wait a minute, you're the, oh, yeah. I know you, you're the podcast guy or whatever. <laughs> and that's totally bizarre. The other kind of fun thing, you know, like anybody, when you do something that is out there in the public domain, your friends and family tend to 
pay attention to it a little bit. And so I've had a couple family friends or more spread out family and just randomly they'll text me one day. Hey man, listen to that one podcast you had about a uh, small County clerks in Missouri. That was amazing. I had no idea they did all that stuff. And, you know, that was like my cousin who's an architect. So, <laughs> I mean, that was strange, but so all those things have been fun. Uh, I'd be lying if I said, you know, that wasn't cool, but I guess, you know, Brianna, and I talked at the outset, you know, we're both kind of nerds or geeks in, in a way to have a kind of geek celebrity is kind of fun. Uh, along the lines of, of random family members listening or, or other things like that, what would you say has been the most surprising thing about making this podcast? The number of people that say yes to us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on, honestly, I, I really didn't think when it just got put out as a Twitter message of, is there a podcast that exists about elections? And then when somebody said, well, no, but it'd be nice if there was. I didn't think that anybody would be interested in being part of one. So when we started cold calling people and just saying like, we think that you're cool and we'd like to talk to you. And would you be interested in doing an hour long or 45 minute long conversation about the part of your elections job that you're an expert in? And people would just say like, yeah, man, that sounds cool. What about you, Eric? Any, any other big surprises from doing this? I've had pretty much the same thought as Brianna on that. It is kind of fun. It, I almost hate to admit this. It, it does give you a little bit of entree into talking to people. Maybe you may be a little intimidated to try to talk to, or you just, like Brianna said, this is somebody you've heard about or read about in the news, and you think they have a really interesting story, but why else would they ever talk to some random election official from Missouri? But when you say, hey, you want to be on this podcast, it's a lot easier to, to reach out and broach that topic. So that's been great and surprising, and we hope it continues. Well, it sounds like your batting average is pretty high on, on getting people, but, you know, and you've interviewed a lot of, I mean, just great people in the election administration community, but, but who's out there that you still really want to talk to? Who's your white whale interview? Who's listening to this right now that you want to call you and say, I will be on there? It would be really nice to talk to some secretaries of state. I think that would be really cool. I think that's an element that we haven't had on the show that would be interesting. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, Brianna, it makes me think about something I had, you know, wanted to ask you a while ago is you worked at the state level uh, and then obviously went to the local level. And I, I have always sort of wanted to ask what what are some of the things that you've learned at the local level that you had no idea about at the state level? I mean, so many things. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like I had some general sense of them, but generally what a good relationship between local and state elections could look like. Being at the local level, and then especially getting to know other county clerks or county auditors, whoever's running elections and seeing what other relationships exist. I think it was harder at the state level to see, you know, you talk to other election directors, but you didn't know how their locals thought of them and getting to know other locals and then seeing what they think of their secretary of state. But then also it's only one person in the secretary of state's office. So if you talk to four or five people at the local level, and then you meet their elections director and you hear how your elections 
director thinks about their relationship, but you've already heard from five clerks that may not feel that same way, then you can see where that disconnect is. And I knew at the state level, I knew when we were making decisions that were going to be not well received. But what I didn't know, I don't feel like until I got to the local level is how it could have been better communicated and how we could have brought more voices into the conversation before we made those decisions. And now I feel like I have a better sense of that. You know, one of the other things I wanted to to ask you all about was, uh, you know, obviously uh, elections is a passion, but if you weren't doing a podcast about election administration, what else would you be doing a podcast about? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know that I would have ever podcasted at all if it wasn't for Brianna pulling me along. She's uh, really the steam behind this, and I'm I'm more of a a luddite. And you're here uh, for the jokes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, she's on Twitter all the time doing all this stuff. But you know, I I really love international elections. I know that's election stuff as well. We've had a couple episodes about international elections, which which I really liked. You know, I've also been over the last several years, my wife is from uh, rural Southeast Missouri, and they have a very competitive lawnmower racing circuit down there. And I have come to love attending the lawnmower races. So I know it's all throughout different parts of the country, they have lawnmower races, maybe I would get more into that. There might be a lawnmower racing podcast out there already. I bet there is. I should look. But um, the big challenge that, is noise control. You've got the engines humming, and so you've got to account for that. Yeah, exactly. You know, when when those mower decks start spinning, man, you gotta it, it's loud. Yeah, you get it in between heats. That's what you would have to do in the pits. Well, on that note, Brianna, how about you? What else would you be podcasting on? I don't know that I can follow that. So I have a I have a tendency to get hyper fixated on things, and I used to blog about um, DIY projects, and I could see doing a podcast about that. I don't know that I'm not as invested in it as much as I used to be. After we had kids, it made it really hard to, you know, find the time to do a bunch of DIY stuff. But it would probably either be that or some other tiny obscure thing. Suffice it to say, we we would key in on a podcast with an extremely narrow audience like we've done now. So that would be our sweet spot. So I think the lesson here is stick to podcasting about elections uh, because you do it well. Maybe uh, for me, the the biggest laugh out loud moment of, of the first 50 episodes was when you asked Dustin Zarney from New York, uh, which was a more thankless job running elections or running the parking ticket bureau. How would you have felt if his answer was different? They're equally thankless jobs in in many ways. I mean, I think to your overarching point, just in general, um, you know, kind of my guiding philosophy in life is to to take my job seriously, but not take myself too seriously. So I do, I do like it when we can have, you know, more relaxed moments. And Brian and I really do like to bring a relaxed approach to what we do. You know, people ask all the time, all right, what are you going to ask when you got a list of questions? And no, we don't. (laughs) We, 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 uh, we let the conversation flow naturally. You know, we like to talk is obvious if you've l- listened to any podcast, um, we like to talk to people about their background, how they got involved in it. And that just usually leads to casual conversation. And, you know, usually we get some smiles and laughs out of everybody, which for me is uh, is important. 
Absolutely. I always enjoy that part. You know, people that you've known for a long time, but maybe you don't know that origin story. You know, you haven't had the opportunity to have that conversation. I know uh, as I've gone through the episodes, that's certainly a part of it that I look forward to and, and particularly on folks I know and who I don't know the answer to it. Brianna, you have 50 episodes. Uh, you've got swag. You inspired a voting fashion week. Uh, I mean, what can fans expect next at a high turnout wide margins? It's going to be really interesting as we get into election season for 2022, because one of the nice advantages we've had is, although we have had elections this year in odd numbered years, Missouri still has a municipal election in April and then the open dates of August and November. So St. Louis County had an August election. We will have a November election. St. Louis County has a November election, but they're all very small comparatively. So once we start getting into 2022, I'm curious if our conversations are going to go more in the direction of more specific elections administration. Right now, I feel like we're still having some pretty broad conversations about what can we change and how does this things, you know, work. I still want to, it's like on the top of my list because it all started for me from the conversation of how do you make your ballot styles and what in your equipment changes the way you do your ballot styles, what in your history of the way that you've created ballot styles before informs the way that you do them. Does your state law require you to do it a certain way? I'm just so interested in those level of details that I'm kind of hoping that as we get into 2022, people will want to have those discussions a little bit more, but I don't know how to fill 45 minutes with those kinds of conversations. That's the biggest challenge for me. And Eric may be like, I don't want to have those conversations. <laughs> Well, my favorite in the weeds conversations are about voterless maintenance. We've had some good uh, discussions about that, and um, I've I've learned a lot uh, about what some other people do, and you know that's that's one I think very underrated facet of election administration is maintaining the voter list, and it varies more widely from state to state. Obviously, there's always this talk about purges and this and that, automatic voter registration. But at the end of the day, it comes down to some human being in some office, like, you know, updating this list and how that part of it actually works is really interesting to me. But to the broader question, as I said at the beginning, I don't know what the future holds, because, look, in 2016, the conversation was all about cybersecurity and Russia and all this kind of stuff. And now we're talking about audits and all the crazy stuff that's come about after the 2020 election. Who knows what will come about next? I think, you know, election administration is now a topic that gains much more notoriety than it did 20, 30 years ago, and it continually has new challenges. You know, one thing I think that might be the case because of the census being delayed, I think a lot of states are going to struggle with getting districts drawn and how election administrators deal with that. Uh, I think that's going to be something that um, is the case in a lot of different states, and it's going to be a big challenge. It's going to lead to court fights, all kind of fun stuff, and 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 those could probably be some interesting episodes as that as we get into that. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head. There's no shortage of things to talk about, and so thank you all for joining us today. And tune in next week for another episode of High Turnout, Wide Margins. <laughs>